0: Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Hello, baby. Welcome in. It is a special edition of New York. New York, as you know, I am in South Africa at the moment. So what I decided to do is do a little state of the big four, if you will, the baseball teams, the football teams, as we move closer to the start of opening day. And we also move closer to the combine and free agency and the draft. And I figured the perfect guy to give us the state of the Jets is someone who is quite long and quite suffering because his football team has the longest playoff drought in professional sports. I know he doesn't want to hear it. I I think I have the longest playoff series win drought uh, in professional sports, if that's going to make you feel any better. Uh, But Mike Fliegelman, isn't it crazy to think about the fact that a year ago at this time, it was like this budding, building anticipation towards the Aaron Rodgers arrival and all of the tea leaves were pointing to the fact that Aaron Rodgers was going to be here. We got four plays. We got another losing year. And I think it's fair to say the morale amongst the fan base is going to be quite different this offseason than it was a year ago. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, it's a very weird feeling, JJ, because last year at this time, the only quarterback under contract was Zach Wilson. And we have started to hear the Aaron Rodgers rumors. We knew that the Jets might end up with Rodgers, but right now they have Aaron Rodgers. He's under contract. There's no questions. For the first time in a long time, there's no questions about who the Jets quarterback is and not even like where it was Wilson a couple years ago. You knew who it was, but you didn't know anything about what that player could be. Now we know that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Jets week one in 2024, and yet a lot of fans feel worse than they did last year or the year before, even the year before that. It's a very weird time right now for the Jets
0: fan. So I think the reason, Fleeks, there's a sentiment of your fan base that feels as lousy as they do is they look at a 40-year-old quarterback coming off a torn Achilles, and they're like, okay, it's the Jets. What does that mean? They look at the general manager who, let's be real, a year ago at this time, people were doing nothing but throwing bouquets the way of Joe Douglas. Last year, they don't have, whether it's his fault or not, Backup quarterback is not addressed. The offensive line stinks. They don't have a second receiver. And all of a sudden, he is under far more scrutiny. The coach leaves a lot to be desired. So I, I think that's the reason we're kind of in this predicament and kind of in this position. It, it, out of any of those aspects, what do you think has the Jeff Fan the most down and out at the moment?
1: Uh, well, probably the coach, but I think it's really the totality of all of it. And now, Yeah, I think people are starting to catch up on to the fact that it's not just the coach who there are a million questions about, the GM who there are a million questions about, that I think a lot of Jets fans are coming to their senses and realizing that the man in charge of the whole operation and their owner is maybe just as culpable, if not more than any of those two, which makes you feel like, all right, even if you were to replace the coach and the GM, there would still be a lot of problems. But because he's the most front-facing, he's the one you deal with every day. It's Robert Sala out of that group, I think, without question.
0: And, you know, I saw Simmons talk about this on his podcast the other day. And, listen, I have not mentioned it to him in our little group chat. There is a better chance, Fleeks, that I am playing on the PGA Tour next year than Bill Belichick ever coaching the New York Jets. And I I guess Simmons' point is, hey, Sala stinks. You have Rodgers going upgrade. But... They don't want to do that. And, and I think the main reason why, I don't know if you feel this way, I think this quarterback is very content with this head coach. I think he likes him. I think he's in his corner. I don't think he wants to have to deal with the mumbo jumbo of a new coach and you know what he's bringing in and all that comes with it. I think the biggest reason Robert Sala is still employed, despite some of the high profile coaches that are out there, is the fact the quarterback wants him back. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, this is because Rodgers wanted to give this group a mulligan. And, and listen, he's right in the sense that they never got to see their plan through for last year with what he wanted for the offense and Sol and Douglas and all of that. The Jets, I, I don't think any Jets fan would be upset if we heard, okay, they're going to go out and upgrade. But the Belichick thing, listen, it could be this year, it could be next year. There's no amount of money in the world that Bill Belichick is accepting from Woody Johnson to run his football team. Uh, Bill Belichick made that pretty clear. 24 years ago. Now, you tell me the other names out there, the Mike Vrabels, the Pete Carroll coming back to where his NFL career started and trying that again. There are other names where we'll be having those chats, I'm sure, during the year if Salah and the team are struggling. It will never be Bill Belichick.
0: No doubt about it. So here we are. Jets are in a position where next year they have to make the playoffs or everybody's getting fired. There's no other way around it. Woody Johnson basically said as such, at the NFL Honors thing about a week ago. So here you are, off-season time. They have a lot of work to do on offense. They were one of the most despicable offenses you're ever going to see. And I know Aaron Rodgers went down, but I saw other teams find a way to move the football. Cleveland lost its quarterback. They moved the football. Minnesota lost their quarterback. They moved the football. We went to both of the Jet Dolphin games. The one Black Friday with Tim Boyle Then you and I were sitting next to one another, the game in South Florida the Sunday before Christmas, and it was pathetic. I mean, all you need to know is the Jets, in the two games we've gone through South Florida leagues each of the last two years, have not scored touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins in eight quarters of football. And they're not alone. There's plenty of other games where indeed that was the case. Where do you want this offense upgrading? Number one priority. Is it adding to the offensive line, Is it adding a number two receiver? They need to do both, but what do you think is going to be a bigger priority for Douglas? Uh, Well,
1: bigger priority for Douglas, I think, will be the offensive line, but for me, I'm more interested to see what they do at wide receiver. I'm not going to downplay the importance of the offensive line. We know how important it is to having a successful football team. One thing that's going to determine the Jets' offensive line, being better, and again, nothing was going to make it maybe good last year, but Losing Elijah Vera Tucker was just disastrous for them. The amount of injuries they had and the upheaval on the offensive line, that also hurt. And I'll say this until the day I'm no longer on this earth Zach Wilson and his play and his lack of understanding how to play the position made that offensive line a lot worse. It wasn't great. The offense wasn't great when Trevor Simeon took over, but all of a sudden, when you had a professional quarterback, they looked like a bad but functioning offense. Whereas with Zach Wilson, they were not functional whatsoever. But I'm really intrigued to see where they go with the second wide receiver because getting that help for Garrett Wilson and getting that weapon, getting somebody that Aaron Rodgers can trust and deliver the ball to, and that can make plays. Again, not that the offensive line isn't important, but you add that playmaker to Wilson, to Brees Hall, if they can get the right dynamic piece in there, not saying it has to be a star, I'm not saying you have to go out and get the Mike Evans or the Devontae Adams, which now it looks like Adams isn't even going to leave Vegas, but what they do at that second and maybe even third wide receiver slot because Xavier Gibson looked okay as a rookie, but not like somebody you're a lock and you want to give all those snaps in the slot to. What they do at those positions, I think, can really break open the offense in 2024 into what it needs to be because now this, what was a two, maybe if you're lucky, three-year run at chasing a title with Aaron Rodgers became one year, two max.
0: Okay, so the draft is perfectly suited to the Jets. There are a lot of tackles. There are a lot of wide receivers. They should be in a spot, you would think, to get one of the two. Preference, or do you have to see how free agency plays out?
1: Yeah, I think free agency is going to tell us a lot. I mean, my personal preference normally would be to Find the offensive lineman in free agency because I trust veterans more. Uh, The college game is so different than the NFL game, and it's a tough position for both guys to learn in the NFL. I think you have a better shot at a receiver hitting right away and contributing in the NFL than you do the offensive lineman. And
0: you know what, Fleagues? Look at Sewell, hit the jackpot, right? If you're the Lions, but then look at Evan Neal. It just goes to show you there's no exact science with the. Linemen and thinking, oh, sometimes, oh, the pedigree of a program, SEC, oh, they're going to be a slam dunk. You don't necessarily know that. Now, my counter to that would be you can find second-round wide receivers. We have a lot of instances and a lot of examples uh, up and down the line, Rice being a perfect one with Kansas City last year, where you can go and find help that way. But man, I look at some of those receivers I mean, I don't think they'll get their hands on Marma Harrison Jr., but you look at a couple of kids out of Washington, I mean, I'm drooling already, Fleeks, thinking about that guy playing alongside Garrett Wilson.
1: Yeah, Dunes and neighbors. Like, there's some really interesting talent in the top of this draft, the wide receiver. and I would not rule it out. I don't think it's the most likely, but a guy like Brock Bowers falls to you, and you have to consider it. I mean, look at what Kittle does for San Francisco. Look at what Kelsey does for the Chiefs and what he's done for Mahomes his entire career. Having a tight end like that can also change an offense. It's something that Aaron Rodgers has really never had in his time with the Packers. But we know it's going to be an offensive piece. It's going to be a weapon. And free agency, what they do, will tell us a lot. Because if the Jets go out and sign two starting caliber offensive linemen, you know, one kind of expensive, one relatively cheaper, and they avoid the veteran wide receivers, then it becomes clear. That's what they're planning on doing with the 10th overall pick. I I guess one area, and there's not a ton, but one area you can feel good about as a Jets fan is they can do either or. Whatever they decide is the best player in in free agency and then the draft, they're not committed to, okay, well, we have to go get a tackle in free agency and then we have to use the draft pick because then you get stuck doing something that maybe you wouldn't normally do. They have,
0: within the two or three positions they need, they have some options. Listen, we mentioned it last year. We were on the right side of this. Some people tried to say otherwise. Some people bought the spin. They bought the bullshit about how Zach Wilson's career was going to be revitalized, learning from Aaron Rodgers, hanging out with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, it was accelerated going into week one against Buffalo, but I got news for you. It was never happening for Zach Wilson. So thankfully, Fleagues, you and I will not have to sit there and watch Zach Wilson play quarterback for the New York Jets. However, they do need a backup quarterback. With a 40-year-old quarterback coming off a torn Achilles, I am not going to find myself in, a predi- in the position and in the predicament that I was in last year. So, I will give you the floor on this. Who do you want the Jets' backup quarterback to be, realistically speaking? I think the top target
1: is Jacoby Brissett. He's somebody that's accepted a backup role before. You've seen him come in and serve or play well for multiple teams. He did it against the Jets with Washington a couple of months ago. I think he's the number one target, but you know, like any backup quarterback, it's going to be are they willing to go somewhere behind Rodgers where if he's healthy, you're never playing. Now, because he's 40 years old, you have a reasonable chance that he's going to get hurt. Coming off the Achilles, something could happen, but Brissett might have other options. The other name I would keep an eye on, I heard whispers of him being someone the Jets were interested in a couple months ago. They have multiple connections on the coaching staff, and yes, he's a little bit older, but if you need somebody to come in and step in and be a pro for you know two three four games, Ryan Tannehill, your former quarterback fits that bill I I mean listen everybody's on the table right now but if I had to make a bet right now it would be one of those two and I think those will be the top two guys that the Jets target
0: and listen, I can't imagine that we're living in a world where Ryan Tannehill's starting for somebody next year and he's got warts he's got deficiencies but if he's your backup quarterback, you can live with that. And listen, if Aaron Rodgers is out for a good chunk of next year, the Jets are going to find themselves in the exact same position for the most part that they were in last year. But if they have a serviceable backup, at least you can keep hope alive, leagues They could be a playoff team. That's, oh, yeah. to me, the difference. Like, your hope of making a serious run next year with Rodgers out is done, but they didn't have hope of making a run to the playoffs, even though some people thought otherwise because their quarterback situation was so bad. Wilson was that bad. And that's that's what changes everything. I mean,
1: I still believe if they had made the switch to Trevor Simeon a month or two earlier, they'd have at least two more wins. And even if they didn't make the playoffs, if the Jets are coming off a 9-8 and eight season instead of 7-10, and 10, I think the conversation around them completely changes. You're still worried about Rodgers and the holes they have and him coming off the injury, the coaches. You're still a little bit worried about all of it, but you would have seen Slightly more. I mean, this is a team we're we're trashing. We're acting like the Jets went four and thirteen last year. The way that we're talking about them, and I'm not saying it is unfair because it all feels fair. But the stink they got from the quarterback play last year, I I don't know if anybody will really understand the gravity. Obviously, going from Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson is a major fall off. But the way the offense changed, the way you had a quarterback who in the huddle could call. Almost two plays a series. And, all right, you know, if we do this on the first play, then we're going to this. No, we're just running right into it. No huddle. And then to Zach Wilson, where, you know, one play at a time where option routes are taken away and we see how other quarterbacks and receivers use them. We're taking a quarterback who is a master on the line and knowing protections and changing up what his linemen are doing to Zach Wilson, who was basically allowed one change. In his arsenal as a quarterback, he could check down from a pass to a run. And when he did it, it was almost always stuffed. They went from as open and wide-ranging a playbook as any team in the NFL attempts to have to something that was a kid's menu.
0: So I want to get to the defense. I think it's good. I think there's a lot of talent. I think it's a little overrated. Now, how much of it is the fact that they've been behind compromised offenses? I think that's in the eyes of the beholder. I think at times that has been a factor, but I also think at times the lack of discipline has nothing to do with who's playing quarterback. The slow starts have nothing to do with playing quarterback. The adjustments at times that we haven't seen from this coaching staff, that has nothing to do with playing the quarterback. So I like the Jet defense. I I don't want to pretend that it's, you know, the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens. I think it's one of the better defenses in the league. To take the next step, please, how does this Jet defense take the next step?
1: Uh, well, you're going to have to see a little bit more improvement from the pass rushers, which is tough because, you know, the Jets have a great pass rush with, you know, four or five guys coming in and off, on and off the field, but they don't have that one bona fide 14 sack guy. They don't have a TJ Watt. They don't have a Miles Garrett. And I don't know if they project to have that. Maybe Jermaine Johnson blossoms into that. It's starting to feel like they're going to lose Bryce Huff, which is. Really unfortunate. I would love for them to find a way to keep him, but they weren't aggressive signing him to an extension early on. He had this breakout season. He is a free agent. I think it's more likely that Bryce Huff is playing elsewhere next season, and the Jets look to Jermaine Johnson to be their top-edge rusher and for Will McDonald to make the kind of leap that Johnson did last year. Uh It's keeping a lot of the pieces in place, though. You have Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, Michael Carter. I think both of the latter two could be up for extensions. And I think it's on coaching because you mentioned some of the other great defenses in the NFL. Think about all of the praise we heaped on to the Cowboys, the Browns, even the Ravens. We saw games where maybe except for Baltimore, but the rest of them where, I mean, they got hammered. They were just teams were running up and down the field on them. We saw it in the postseason. So I think the Jets are, again, maybe outside of Baltimore in that group with the other top, Three to five offense defenses in the NFL. Their games that were less than impressive. I pin on coaching. I didn't think that Browns game was a lack of effort. I thought the game plan was bad. And we've seen it before where Salah's teams on short rest, they don't come out ready to play. I'm not blaming the players for that. I blame the coaching staff. I think this coaching staff for of the many things where Robert Salah has to take a look in the mirror and improve on his game management. At his overall effectiveness as a leader, having involvement with the offense in any way, shape, or form, which even Woody Johnson called him out on. I wonder if Salah taking a little bit more of a hands-off approach with the defense could help if Jeff Ulbrich is maybe more equipped, and we won't know for a couple of months, at getting the team better prepared to play every game and better at the start of these games. I pin all of that on coaching.
0: So I could easily live in a world next year where Aaron Rodgers comes back, has something to prove, and plays well. And the guy's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. So that scenario is not going to stun me. Garrett Wilson, who's going to be following you right after this little convo, I love the kid. I think he oozes confidence. I think he's been an absolute rock star. He's still put up numbers, despite the fact that his quarterback situations have been a nightmare. I'm a believer in Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall came on great, recovered off the ACL. So, like, they're not bare leagues They're not bare. I understand that. But then I read that athletic story and I know there's some things in that athletic story that we knew already, right? Like it wasn't uncharted waters, the whole Zach Wilson benching and the idea of him coming back and, you know, Robert Sala and Joe even referenced it on the podcast, you know, referencing what quarterbacks and coach or what coaches do without their starting quarterback. But, you know, I, I'm going through that piece and, and I'm just thinking about leadership, and I'm thinking about the brain trust, and I'm bringing it back full circle here, and I just got to be honest, I don't trust any of them. Full circle, full disclosure, I read a story like that, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, how am I supposed to believe in them going into next year? Is that unreasonable?
1: No, it's extremely reasonable. I don't know how any Jets fan could have confidence. You want to include the whole brain trust, that's fine. But I mean, the, the main targets of that piece were Sala and Nathaniel Hackett. And with Hackett, it's more, he's probably worse, but we know what he is. He's somebody that designs an offense that is suited for Aaron Rodgers. Not really anybody else. He's the guy who'll be here he's with Rodgers. He's Aaron's buddy. Listen, let's, as soon as Rodgers let's, let's is gone, it what it is, is. he'll be he's gone. He's Aaron's buddy. That's right. what he is. But Sol, like Robert Sala, all that stuff. I mean, i had been having that conversation with you privately, like the Zach Taylor and his record without Joe Burrow, Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala having more wins in his first two seasons as an NFL head coach then Zach Taylor and Kyle Shanahan. All of that is true. I can say that. I'm a fan of the team. I work at a radio station. You can say that. You're a podcast host, TV star. Robert Sott, you're the head coach of the team. Don't If you're going to think that, you have that conversation with your wife or with your kids. Don't bring that back into the building. Because, you sound like a loser. And it's excuse-making. Like and he may be right. He's justified. That's all fine. When you are the head coach, you're the leader of the football team, Nobody wants to hear excuses about why it didn't get done. They just want to hear what you're going to do, at least to try to make sure that the failures don't happen in the future. And that's where I have no confidence in Robert Sala. I mean, there's so much that's gone on here in his three years. That is not Robert Sala's fault. I don't want to pin everything from the Jets last few seasons on him. I believe that if Robert Sala had a say, Zach Wilson never would have been his starting quarterback. But he hasn't shown me anything in the things he can control. He's a good defensive coordinator. So the defense has made a big jump, but I could get that with having him or Ulbricht as a defensive coordinator. He's shown me nothing in his ability as a head coach to make me believe that he can take the next step that other coaches did. And now to be fair to him again, I hadn't seen that from a guy like Taylor until Joe Burrow showed up. We hadn't seen that from Kyle Shanahan right away. So he still has a chance to prove me and prove all of us wrong. He just better start showing it right away because everything you see from the guy right now leads you to believe that it's more likely that he's in the category of guys who just were not cut out to be head coaches.
0: So, we'll leave it at this. You glass half full, glass half empty about the 2024 New York Jets.
1: Glass half full for one reason. There is one position, in the, as much as I don't like to coach, there is one position in this league that matters more than anything. And it's proven time and time again. And we go and watch these postseasons. And we see it with all these teams. There was one team in the NFL last year that I think had a great quarterback and was a bad team. And that was the Chargers and Justin Herbert. And they were a mess. The rest, if you have that quarterback, you're going to at least be a playoff team. And I think that's where the Jets will be with Rodgers. Now, the question is, can they do enough to put them in a position where they could compete for a Super Bowl. In the AFC, it's an uphill battle for everyone. The Chiefs really hammered that point home this year when they had their probably worst roster, especially on offense that they've had in the Patrick Mahomes era, and they still went and beat everybody, won a couple games on the road, and then came back from double digits again to win the Super Bowl. So it's about lining yourselves up to take that shot at them in the one game that you might get to face them in the postseason. Because of Aaron Rodgers, like any other team that has that great quarterback, If you do enough with the roster, I think the Jets, just like the Bills, just like the Ravens, just like the Bengals, like all of them, will have their chance. And it's about not making mistakes when you're in that game, like we've seen coaches do time and time again against a great team, and getting to that position. And because of Rodgers, they have a chance.
0: You know, the worst thing I could say about all these teams in the AFC, man, they're in the AFC. Like, if the Jets are in the NFC, I'd be staring at that 30-1 to fleeks, even though I don't like the coach and I'm down on the GM and I'm down on the organization. I'd say, you know what? I'd take a shot. NFC, I'd take a shot because the conference is wide open. I look at the AFC. My goodness, man. Making it. Making it. We said it last year. It didn't necessarily kind of pan out the way we thought it was gonna because Cincinnati lost Burrow, The Jets lost Rodgers. The Chargers were a mess. You know, it wasn't. As good an AFC. But now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, geez, you got Mahomes, you got Burrow, you got Allen the starters. Those are three teams you got to go through in the conference right out of the gate. And I didn't even get to Baltimore with the MVP, Miami, who's been in the playoffs back-to-back years, Houston, who's got CJ Stroud, the Chargers who are gonna be better because Jim Harbaugh. It's a, it's a big problem, fleas, for any of these AFC teams, man. Big problem. Hey, and oh, by the way, Mahomes.
1: Right. It's insane. You know, the the AFC added the two teams already that you would now add to that list because the Chargers figured out the head coaching spot. The Texans, there was one great rookie to come out of the last draft, and he's in the AFC. You know, the Jaguars, I don't know if you can completely dismiss them. They had a bad collapse this season, but Lawrence is still very good. Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning head coach. They dealt with a lot of injuries. There are nine or 10 teams you would make a case for being that good value if they were in the NFC. And every single one of them is in the AFC, all battling each other to ultimately be the one that can try to take out Mr. Inevitable. And really all of them, and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team that will not go away. And Patrick Mahomes isn't even 30 years old yet. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. They're going to reload. They're going to add. Their roster on week one of this year is going to look better to the football fan than it did in
0: week one of this past year against the Lions. Frightening frightening and i'll continue to keep betting against the guy because i'm an idiot you know there's that uh, i'm an idiot listen, and everybody tried. everybody guy.
1: tried to help you me stefan keenan everybody in your life tried to get you because listen i i made the mistake of betting against them against buffalo and baltimore after the ravens game where the ravens just fell apart around the chiefs i learned my lesson everybody tried to talk some sense into well, you know those i'm
0: sitting there and they're up two scores and i'm like i'm feeling great I'm feeling great to get the interception right at the start of the second half, and I'm feeling great. I mean, they showed that stat
1: of guys down double digits in the postseason, and he's 8-2 and two now, 9-2 and two in those games. That's absurd.
0: I can't. Fleeks, this was fun. I will see you at the Borgata for March Madness. we will be here before you know it. Um, and go on to your football team this offseason. A lot of work to do.
1: Yeah, listen, I want those Jets-Dolphins games next year when we're at the one in MetLife and then we're at the one in South Florida. I want them to be competitive, exciting, and meaningful for both teams. And yes, I will see you at the Borgata as long as you don't get eaten on this safari. So be safe yeah, out there. Yeah, uh,
0: we'll we'll keep an eye out for the Lions and the Rhinos and the Elephants. That's Mike Fliegelman, WFAN, my old producer, and one of the most knowledgeable Jet fans you're gonna find. We'll hear from the star receiver, Garrett Wilson, the linebacker, CJ Mosley. We got a loaded jet pod, state of the Jets going into the 2024 offseason. That's coming up. The receiver. I think he might be first-team All-Pro next year. Just saying. Coming right back. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So, out of country next two weeks. You know I've fired on some futures. I've taken a stab. Minnesota Timberwolves to win the Western Conference. Still like 9-10-1. Correct me if I'm wrong, they're the number one seed. What am I missing here? Too much value. How to get involved. Another one I'm thinking about. And it's crazy high. And I know they've shown no signs of being capable of being a team that's going to win the Eastern Conference. That Miami price. I mean, have you seen that Miami price? To win the title and win the East? Salvating. You saw it last year. Might be worth that Miami tax. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit fanduelcom NYNY and shoot your shot. Fanduel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit TheRinger.com slash RG. First, online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. All right, we're fired up. New York, New York. We welcome in, I think, one of the best receivers in the league for what it's worth, Garrett Wilson, New York Jets, on behalf of Adidas. Garrett, what's happening, man? Man, hey,
2: I'm uh, just excited to join Vegas, man. Appreciate you
0: having- Dude, Vegas, Super Bowl week, not a bad place to be, huh? You ain't kidding. Um... I think you've solidified yourself, dude, despite everything that's gone on with your offense. I look at top receivers in the league. You're in that mix. You're in that class. Do you feel like two years into your career, you're exactly where you kind of saw yourself
2: being? Um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I've done what I some things that I wanted to do in this league and I don't take any of it for granted. I've definitely been able to, um, you know, prove myself and put myself among names that, you know, I grew up idolizing and, and, and watching. And now, you know, they're my peers. And it's, it's really cool. But as far as, you know, I feel like I have so much more to give. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to, to get another opportunity next season to go out there and prove it.
0: Okay, that's an interesting one
2: because you're a guy, you got
0: a physicality about you, the way you put a position, but you got unbelievable speed. Who is the guy Garrett Wilson looked up to and said, man, I want to be like him as a receiver?
2: Yeah, like uh, Devontae Adams, uh, who now in the league, and, you know, you you get to play against him last year, and all of a sudden, you know, he's one of my foes. But that's what I mean when I say it. But someone like the, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Mike Evans, you um, I mean, there's a lot growing up that are out of the league now. You know, Stevie Johnson, Randy Moss, obviously the obvious ones. But, um, I mean, there's so many guys. I feel like I watched so much ball growing up that, you know, I, I have so many names popping in my head right now. I'm like, who do I not? You know, who do I who am I not going to say? Uh, yeah, man, that's that's tough. Okay, so talk me through this year.
0: Week one, we watch you guys every week on Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers, at quarterback, he runs out of the tunnel. He's waving the American flag. The Jet fans, Garrett, in my life, they are so stoked for last season. And Aaron goes down four plays in. You're a competitor. You've had to deal with a lot of upheaval at quarterback. You've played with a lot of different quarterbacks. But kind of talk me through what it's like being in that huddle. Like, I can't believe this dude is down.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where we had to really flip a switch from that fourth play, and and um, all of a sudden lock back in for a, you know a football game, and, and you know try and play our put our best foot forward. Um, I mean, it's definitely kind of set in, especially week two. You know, it's when I was like, oh, you know, that, that first game he was out there, and and you're kind of rolling off emotion. And then once he goes down, it's like it's part of the game. You know, it sucks, but um, you got to find a way to move on. But week two, it's like, man, it feels different. This week of practice, this week of, um, you know, the huddle, just like you said, and, and uh, that's just the effect he has. It's nothing that, you know, it's not no no one no one's fault, but uh, just the the power that he has and the effect that Aaron has. Um, Was more of what we were missing. You know, he's he's really a special person to have. How fired up is he to get back on the field? That's a man with something to prove. No, yeah, he was excited, man. I mean, even towards the tail end of uh, this past season, he was back out there. You know, throwing with our scout team, running that, and I mean, he looks like you know, prime Aaron. You know, it's crazy. So uh, every time I get to watch him play, I don't take it for granted. Uh, I'm locked in, and and you know, I can't wait to be back out there with him. All
0: right, I'm not blowing smoke. The catch you made week one against Buffalo, I think, is the best catch I've seen in the NFL this year. Would you say that's the
2: best catch you've ever made? Uh, I mean, you know, to do it on Monday Night Football is, is, is special. Um, and not to be discounted for me, but, like, you know, I don't think it's the best catch I've made. I mean, as far as the, the, uh, like I said, uh, the platform it was on, the people that were watching. And, and the stakes, too, is a monster catching a game. Um, yeah, you know, I think that, you know, added something to it, but I don't think it's my.
0: my- All right, so, Garrett, I got a lot of Jet fans in my life, a lot of them, my father included. They want a playoff game. I know you've talked about this. You've stressed it. Hey, I'm sick of losing. I played at Ohio State. We do nothing but win at Ohio State. What's going to change? What's got to change for you guys? You obviously bring winning intangibles. You're a winning player. There are winning players on this team. Defense is loaded. How do you guys end this playoff X?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it starts with approaching this this offseason the right way. Um, you know, and everyone taking that mindset in the offseason as far as everyone in the, uh, in the ops and, you know, that obviously on the roster, you know, finding a way to get better. Um, and, and reflecting on what we did just go through this past season and, and, you know, remembering how that feels, knowing that we don't want to be back in that place. Um, you know, the expectations were so high and they were, they're not going to go anywhere. You know, we're going to come back into this season with the same expectations to, to bring our fans a playoff game and win them. And, uh, you know, that's just got to be the thing that motivates us throughout this off season. I think that we have the right people in there. Like you said, we have the right coaches. It's just it's about going or about us going out there and playing good offense, being consistent. and. Um, you know, stacking weeks back to back to back, and we got to go out there and do it. So, you've had
0: great success with your first uniform number. Are you trying to change a little bit of the juju, making a uniform
2: change? You no, know what? I didn't really think about it like that. It's kind of more of just what I'm...
0: That's like me, man. Dude, I'm doing well on the table, so that's why I got the beard going. They'll go
2: poorly, I'll get rid of the beard, you know? Uh, you
0: know, right on, man. I feel
2: you. Uh, you know, I'm not super, like, superstitious. So, you're not a superstitious I'm guy. I'm not, but, you know, with that said, you know... um, I like to think of a new number as, like, new new beginnings. So we can do that, you know, maybe for the organization, hopefully for me, you know, for all of that.
0: I like the sound of that. Okay, you're Ohio State teams. Dude, you're in a wide receiver room with Harrison. You got CJ Stratt throwing you the ball. You got Chris Alave there. You got uh, the whole crew. Like, did you realize when you were a part of it, man, this is an incredible group
2: of guys I'm playing with? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely felt different. You know, the competitive spirit in there was was second to none i can imagine like all of us wanted to be there all of us wanted to compete with the best guy at our position you know in in the country you know that's kind of how it was And when you have guys that have that mindset we're gonna we're gonna get better every day we're gonna um, watch film a little differently than the rest of the country and um yeah man i mean it definitely you know i didn't really realize until last year and they show the pictures and it's like damn he's here he's there he's there and Marvin's about to come in and do the, you know, it's it's um, it's um really ridiculous. You know, looking back on it, it's just more power to Ohio State and how they recruited us, how they brought us in and prepped us for, you know, this next level. Uh, no surprise, C.J. Stroud, what he's doing, right? I mean, no, no surprises, man. I I mean, he's a- You played against baller. him this year, too. That must yeah, have been we weird. Yeah, we played against him. We played against him. Um, it was weird. Yeah, but he's a baller, man. No surprise. there. just the head he has on his shoulders, the way he goes about um, goes about everything, man. You know, good things happen to good people, and, and he's so deserving. Works hard. Um, just a great dude, great teammate. So I love to see it for him, and you know, one of those dudes that you know, I'm sure all of his teammates, you know, they know how special he was as soon as he walked in.
0: So this is a really cool event, man. I got my Adidas sweatshirt on. I okay. hope I don't get booted out of here with uh, my Syracuse yeah, okay. kicks. So okay. I want so the Syracuse. Because they're orange, though. they got the, boy, uh, you know? the dunks, man. I know. I stand out like a sore thumb, but. <laughs> This is really cool. You guys are doing great stuff for the Boys and Girls Club. You're going to have a little fat flag football clinic. Yeah. Tell me about what's going on with Adidas.
2: Yeah, man. So I'm here with Adidas. Obviously, I'm here with a few of other Adidas athletes as well. We just had the opportunity to spend time with some kids and people around uh, Vegas, man. And uh, anytime we're able to give back and spend time, um, you know, when a season closes, that's what it's all about. You know, you, you put so much into the season, but to be able to give back on the back end and, and impact, you know, the kids that are once in your shoes is what it's all about.
0: And I saw a couple of those kids. They might be throwing touchdowns to you in 10 years, dude. One of the kids was slinging it. I'm like, my goodness, man. He's a mini Mahomes. Um, For you, who's the guy you love going up against? I Now, listen. You know, I'm a Dolphin guy.
2: So, I know you were getting open against Ramsey, by the way, too. I like going against him and he, just the way he could. Uh, Is that your favorite guy to go up against? I mean, it was my first time going against him last year. And, uh... I mean, yeah, man, he's, he's he's one of my favorites just because the way he communicates out there. You know, he, he keeps it real out there. He's on your, He's talking trash. Um, he's competitive, man, and that's, that's what I am. That's how I am. Um, you know, I hope I can, you know, find a way to get the better of him in our upcoming matchups because he's a fun matchup, man, and I would love to have some, you know, bragging rights on him. Well, listen,
0: you know this. I hope you go for 200 yards. I got a roof for my oh, team, my but God. we go there. Um, you've been in New York now two years, final one. What's, like, the must-have Garrett Wilson, New York City meal or Jersey, for that matter, because your your facilities in Jersey, you got to have a meal, nice dinner, the whole deal. What's it got to be,
2: Garrett? Uh, I would say top Diner. It's in Jersey, uh, Newark. Um, it's just been there since the 40s. It's got every single dish you could possibly want. Whatever you're in the mood for, it's the best spot in Jersey.
0: Garrett Wilson, rock star man. Keep it going, man. Number number five, I think is gonna look good on you. There you go. That's Garrett Wilson from the New York Jets. We're coming right back. Uh, let's welcome a guy who's now a household name and a fixture with the Jet defense. It's weird because when I think CJ Mosley for all these years, I thought Baltimore Ravens. And now CJ, feels like Jet tenure. It's been a long time, yeah. dude. Uh
3: just finished just finished my fourth year. Um, so one more year left on my five year contract. So it's I'm right now I'm I'm right at halfway of as long as I've been at Baltimore as long as I've been in um, New York, so
0: Well, and you obviously played on terrific teams in Baltimore, and you have been one of the veterans on this Jet defense now for a while. How important of a role has it been for you to kind of, like, take these young guys under your wing? You know, you see how Quinn Williams has developed. You see how Sauce Gardner has developed. Like, is that something you kind of take a lot of pride in, the idea of being a leader?
3: Yeah, I'm sure that's – that's who I am. Um, that's that's why, you know, that's why I wear the, the C on my chest. I take a great, tremendous pride in you know, leading my teammates and for them to trust and believe in me to lead them and do the right thing. So um, no, all that credit goes, obviously, starts at home. My family just raised me the right way. But you know, coming from Alabama, coming from Baltimore, coming from under great leadership great coaches and learning so much from adversity and you know the the meaning of winning and losing games and how you bounce back from that so just everything I learned in my football career and I felt like my, I always say, like, my NFL life has come full circle. Like, I've been a young guy you know, that had to learn from mistakes, that had to listen and figure out my routine and ask questions. And now, you know, I'm the older guy that's, that knows, that kind of knows the ropes. So I get to share those, like, all the lessons that I learned from my teammates, from the veterans, from, um, you know, the linebackers that, that kind of took me under their wing. Now I get to teach that and, and, and try to lead, lead this team to a victory.
0: Speaking of leadership, and we'll get back to the Jets in a second, as a Bama guy. Yeah. I'm I'm Miami Dolphins fan, so I'm watching the live Hard Knocks. They showed Tua's his reaction when he found out that Nick Saban was retiring. What was your reaction when you got news that uh, maybe shoot. the greatest coach ever in college yeah. said he's had enough?
3: Jaw dropper. Yeah, because like, like you, at the end of the day, like we like we knew he was gonna retire at some point, but yeah. to see it, <laughs> like we had to like he really did it. So um, I mean he deserves it obviously, um, and. You know he's changed a lot of a lot of he's changed a lot of people's lives. Whether it was on the field or off the field, like you know the way he represents himself and the, rep- the way he represents our you know Alabama. You know you think about the football team, but you think about Coach Saban. You think about the state of Alabama, and you know he he's a great example of you know you know what you want to be and how you want to represent you know your family and you know whatever job title that you have. The the process that he talks about to you know, to repeat your steps every single day to try to find that success and find that extra step. So, you know, his, his vision and, you know, his speeches and, you know, the lessons that he taught me are still with me today on and off the field. So I definitely appreciate him.
0: So your jet season, you guys bring in Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's all amped in New York City. All the Jet fans in my life, CJ, they can't wait for the first game of the year. Aaron runs out of the tunnel. You guys are playing Buffalo on Monday night. You win that game, dramatic fashion, punt return for a touchdown. But he goes down. He's out for season four, plays into the year. How tough was that for you guys? You know, Aaron, obviously, listen, the resume speaks for itself. He's a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. You guys are excited. You're all amped to play with him. Was that like brutal for the team as a whole to kind of overcome? Or is it one of those things where it's like, listen... Football injuries happen. We got to find a way. Kind of talk me through what that was like after week one.
3: Oh, uh, shoot. It was a little bit of everything because um, we're all human. So we have those emotions just like, dang, like, why us? Or, you know, how, like, what are we going to do next or how are we going to manage and, you know, all those things play a part. But, you know, when you just, if you just think about the game, you know, it was, you just got to find a way. You know, it's part of handling that adversity. Um. How do you handle things that what you can't control? Like you can't control the injury; it's going to happen. It was unfortunate the time and all those all those no things. So, no, for me it was like, you know, if he if he was still playing, like how would I be studying right now? How would I be practicing right now? What would be my mindset right now? So every week it was like I was trying to go out there with the, that same mindset. as like, all right, we got the team to win a Super Bowl right now. So that's how I'm going to play and that's how I'm going to perform and that's how I'm going to study. So, um, no, that's, it's tough. It's not easy to do, especially, you know, when you when the record is the way it is or you're losing the shred- you know, the tough season that we had towards the middle. So um, I, for me, I feel like, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, that adversity that we had to face early in the year, you know, that's going to make us stronger for next year. So um, I feel like, you know, him going down early, and guys happen to step up, improve, and and make plays and earn their spots, that's, that's going to make our team that much better.
0: Listen, your defense continues to play at a high level. Th- there's no getting around that. You guys have a lot of talent on that defense, and you guys are doing your thing. The offense is struggling, but the effort level, you could see it, CJ. I'm watching these games. For the most part, you guys are you're fighting tooth and nail. You're doing everything you can to try to keep the team in game you're one of the leaders on the defense. How do you keep, like, the morale and the spirits high of a defense when, you know, you see your offense failing to convert third downs or failing to move the football? Is it, hey, hey, we got to win it ourselves? Do you guys kind of look at it that way?
3: Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a pride thing. Obviously, you know, you step on the field, especially as a defender, you know, no matter what the score is or who's on the other side, like, you want to shut them out and, you know, make them quit. And also, it's a, it's a a it's a love for your brother. You know, that's like i i I told the story a few times you know at 21, you know we was the worst defense in the NFL, but you can't tell me that because i I saw the work that we put in, I saw the studying that we did, and I know like I know what type of teammates we have, so you trust me, until I watched the film last year and just was you know watching how we came from twenty one to now we didn't look too good, so <laughs> it's, it's hard to say, but you know my my thing is is you know um. Like, I've, we've been there, and you got to you gotta learn from those, those tough games. You got to learn from being shut out. You got to learn from getting blown out. You got to learn from a team running the ball down your throat, and you can't stop them, and, you know, you want to fight everybody on the field, but you, know, you can't do that because that's not what this game is about. It's about, you know, people executing, doing their job, and doing it at a high level. So you look at our defense from 21, same guys. You know, we upgraded. You know, we got some good guys in the draft, but, those core guys on our team on defense right now were the same people in 21, and we have to learn and grow from those tough times of that year on defense to get where we are now. So, like I said, man, everything happened for a reason. Our offense is going to come fire next All year. Right.
0: so when it comes to, like, correcting things, because, listen, you guys, statistically speaking, you bring it. You, you guys are a terrific defense. At times, though, I feel like that first possession of the game, teams have been able to get you. Is that something that's more correctable? And the penalty is not just the defense thing, CJ. That's a collective team-wide thing. Like in the off-season, what do you think is like more correctable? The idea of saying, "Hey, fast starts. This is something we're going to be able to do offensively, offensively, defensively as a whole," or is it the penalties? Like going into an off-season, um, what do you think is like
3: more correctable? Definitely penalties. Um, okay. Because you no know, undisciplined team will never win. And you no, know, think about the year before we was top five. And and um, you know penalties. It, it was not a big thing, yeah. you guys. So, it was a
0: 2023 and, thing. And you look Weird. at
3: and you look at when when you don't score on offense, when you're driving down the field, you get to the red zone, you get a penalty, it, it stalls it out. We saw it all the time Kill on us. defense. We get a big third down. Now we got a holding call, or you know the. The God forbid, the rough and the passer. You know, we had a, a couple of those back in the day. So, a couple you know, of them was phantom too. Yeah, I know Jeff fans yeah, yeah, in my life want yeah, that put on record, but you know, but it's, it's all a part of being disciplined, and you know that that plays a part in winning football games. Um, guys doing their job consistently, not committing flags, not committing turnovers. You know, making the right blocks. You know, all those little things plays a part. So yeah.
0: Okay, I have a lot of Jeff fans in my life. They know about the playoff drought, CJ. And I know you've been in the playoffs before. Your tenure with the Baltimore Ravens. You're one of a few guys on this team. Aaron, of course, he's done it. You've done it. You know what the Jet fan is feeling. How do you get this team to the next level where come January you guys are playing in the postseason?
3: Um, I know you're sick and tired, but how are you
0: with No, I I think
3: I think it starts with the discipline. We have to correct the penalties. We can't lead the league in penalties and expect to be a great football team and, and score points to win. And I think the second thing is you know, um, just our, just us as a collective, just having that mental toughness to overcome things that we can't control. Like, we, it's, it's stuff gonna happen every week, injuries, da da da, players. But we have to control what we can control, and the things that we can't control, how can we, how can we make the best out of that situation and and play together and play, you know, complementary football.
0: CJ, final one. Tell me what you got going on here at C Club
3: today at C Club. Um, you know, we're so uh, my business partner. Um, introduced me to the, the owner, uh, the founder of, of C Club, Colin. So, pretty. To, to make it simple, if you think about Ticketmaster, you think about, you know, StubHub. You, you want to find you in a new town. You want to find somewhere to, um, you know, go to a venue, go for a game, concert, anything like that. So you go to the site, you see hundred like hundred ten dollar. Oh, that's pretty cheap. Yeah. Once you get to the end, it's about two fifty because you're looking oh, at fees, you know, with the fees and markups. So, about it, man. so with C Club, they don't make their money off the fees. No, it's a subscription base. One time, the promo code is CJ, my name, and I like it's fifty seven percent off. So you already save the money. Is. So <laughs> once you subscribe, um, that's it. You find your ticket, um, like I said, it could be sports, it could be a concert, anything, theater. And once you find that ticket, that price is that price, and that's all you pay. So you know, you're saving up to 35% you know, no matter where you go and no matter how many times you use it. And like I said, it's one click, you subscribe one time, and you, know, you have it for the rest of the year. And if you put in the promo code CJ, that's 57% off on the first year.
0: CJ, I appreciate you being one of the stand-up guys in the Jet Locker Room. I've heard that from a lot of different yes, people. Sir, There's something you. to be said for that. And you got to be geeked out when you hear Belichick talking you up. And no, you know, yeah. it's, sometimes when Belichick says, oh, point a team, good mm-hmm. team, he loves you, man.
3: No, for, well, he loves you. A guy like him don't, that don't say much and don't show a lot of facial expressions, when I heard the first time he like, mentioned just my game and my name, it was, it was an honor for sure. I believe that. <laughs> hey,
0: keep up the good work, yes, man. Sir. We'll
3: be watching. Thank you. That's CJ Moses
0: must be 21 plus and present in select states FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC gambling problem call 100 gambler or visit fanduel.com/rg in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont and Virginia call 100 next step or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. one 800 on with in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org.